Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is Yasir Anwar. Yasir is the Chief Technology Officer and Chief Digital Officer of Williams-Sonoma, a specialty retailer of high-quality home products representing a house of brands, which include Williams-Sonoma, Pottery Barn, West Elm, and Mark and Graham, among others. Prior to Williams-Sonoma, Yasir was the Senior Vice President and Head of Digital Technology at Macy's. In this interview, we discuss Williams-Sonoma's digital transformation and how Yasir has helped build a future-proof business model for the company that was able to not only withstand, but grow during the pandemic. He talks about the responsibilities that he holds both as Chief Technology Officer and Chief Digital Officer, and what it means to the company to be digital first. Yasir details how the company is focused on creating a frictionless customer experience, how digital and technology play a role in in-house design, and how Williams-Sonoma balances centralization with independence between brands. Finally, we discuss what Yasir sees as the most salient trends in technology and digital coming out of the pandemic. If you enjoy Technovation, please consider reading my new book, Getting to Nimble, How to Transform Your Company into a Digital Leader. The book is available now on Amazon or wherever you buy books. As a special offer to our CXO listeners, if you purchase books for your team, I'd be happy to join your team for a group discussion on it. To learn more, write us at information at metastrategy.com or visit gettingtonimble.com. Thank you. And now for a word from our partner, Tanium, and the company's co-founder and chief executive officer, Orion Hindawi. Orion wanted to take a moment to provide some recommendations for CXOs in charge of technology and digital about how best to manage the cybersecurity landscape. Yeah, so our customers, I think, are realizing there are three things that they really need to be secure. The first is they have way too many products. And as a result of that, they're unable to operate all these products well, and there are holes in their security posture that are created as a result. Many of our customers have 20 or 30 or sometimes 50 different tools. And if they can move to a platform approach, they have a much higher chance of succeeding. The second thing that a lot of our customers are realizing is they need certain visibility on their environment. Every asset where it is, who's using it, what data's on it, what vulnerabilities it has, and to really be able to trust that they have three or four nines confidence in that data set instead of, in some cases, 85 or 90% confidence, which in reality leaves way, way too much of a surface area of vulnerability. And the third one is they need to be able to remediate problems they find instantaneously at scale, globally, even over slow links, even over devices that are not easy to reach. Because without that capability, unfortunately, even if you know that there's a problem, you're still gonna get hit by the security event that comes after it because you can't fix it in time. And so between that platform approach, being able to have really, really comprehensive visibility and having really strong control, our customers are seeing a huge upgrade in their capability. And now for a word from our partner, Aptio. Sales teams have CRM systems. Human resources leverage HRM systems. What about the CIO who needs to evolve from a technology expert to a business strategist? In this digital first world, CIOs and their CFO counterparts must ensure technology decisions are made to deliver business value. It's easier said than done. That's why Aptio, the market leader in technology business management, is committed to helping companies manage, plan and optimize their technology spend. After all, champions of change need actionable insights they can trust. Learn more at aptio.com. And now on to the interview. Yasser Anwar, welcome to Technovation again. It's great to speak with you. Hi, Peter. Thank you. Um, great to talk to you again. It's been some time we have talked. 
Exactly. And for that reason, especially, I'm looking forward to this, knowing uh, some of the great things you've been doing in your new environment. Well, let's talk about that. You um, are the Chief Technology Officer and Chief Digital Officer of Williams-Sonoma. And I wonder if you could take a moment for those who may be less familiar with the totality of the business, talk a bit about Williams-Sonoma and the broader portfolio of brands that are part of the company. Yeah, that's a great question to begin with. I think uh, some people know interact with all of our brands. Some people interact, our customers interact with some of our brands. So I think it's it's good to understand that Williams-Sonoma, in fact, is a house of powerful brands and seven of them. And they include our namesake brand, Williams-Sonoma, then Williams-Sonoma Home. We have West Elm. Um, then we have Pottery Barn. We have got Pottery Barn for teen, Pottery Barn for kids. Uh, we have got um, uh, Mark and Graham, and we've got Rejuvenation. So you can see it's a house of powerful brands. And the key is that we are, as this company, we're not just um, serving products to the customers. We are actually serving a lifestyle. That's what differentiates us from other brands. Another thing, I mean, if you look at the mission of the company itself, is like we are the world's largest digital-first, design-led, and sustainable home retailer, right? So that for that, you have to bring the whole world together to serve the customer needs. And we take, uh, you know, pride in top three things, which is, uh, you know, our goals of, uh, for the company. One is the in-house design. And we feel very proud about that. And we can talk more about that as well. Then digital first strategy. And then the values of the company, be it sustainability, be it user friendliness, be it equity. So that's, that's in, a, in a nutshell, from a company and brand perspective, we are, and we can definitely, I would like to go and share a little bit about the in-house design differentiation or digital strategy. But before that, you know, we can also talk about the growth pillars of the, of the company as, as you know, as you know, the results, we just came out of the Q4, great stunning results uh, from the Q4 uh, consecutive results throughout 2020 that, you know, our, our big growth pillars are e-com uh, and then business to business, B2B, marketplace, global expansion, and our emerging brands. Well, congratulations. It really has been remarkable uh, just to see the growth of the company, to see the stock performance over the course of the past year and, and earlier, but especially meaningful in the past year, uh, given the fact that this has not been uh, uniformly a good period for retailers. Um, well, I, before we get into some of the specifics, and I definitely want to dive further into your mission and this, the in-house design, the digital first strategy, just as you say. Uh, before we do, though, I'd love to uh, get a little bit more definition around your role. I mentioned at the outset the dual parts of your title, chief technology officer, as well as chief digital officer. I might add that um, for the, the first period with the, the firm, for, for about a year, you were just the chief technology officer and added the digital officer responsibilities in late 2018. Uh, talk a bit about the two sides of that and what each entails, please. Yeah, and I think I would start with the say that these responsibilities are actually merging and hence uh, the title merging as well. Because if you remember, I mean, it's like, sounds like history, the title of CIO, where it was typically very different KPIs and outcomes the CIO was held responsible for, majorly reporting data center, large enterprise projects and stuff. But that gives a fractured view if you do not have a holistic leadership and a view, a single pane of glass for the customers, because they do not cons uh, they do not care what happens in your backend systems versus frontend systems. They need a single pane of glass. You need to have a frictionless experience. So I think it, it from that emerges the concept of having a you know single CTO and a CDO who is not only just focused of technology projects in isolation, but it's all about outcome. Like, why are we doing a project? It always have to start with the customer experience. So I think this is the merger of the technology strength 
powered and coupled by um, you know, customer experience, digital experiences, and, and the power of digital that has been unleashing in the world um, as we speak, as we have gone through, you know, years and years, and now it's even, you know, shrunk, it has gone even much faster, the COVID has done a give propulsion to the digital transformation. So that's what the role entails, it entails all of the technology, all of the IT, all the traditional, all the modern systems, but also a very hyper focus on customer experience. That's excellent. Well, and, and it's no no uh, coincidence then, as you mentioned, among the areas that are focal for you is a digital first strategy. Maybe we begin there among the things that you mentioned earlier. Talk a bit about what that entails. What does it truly mean to be digital first? Yeah, digital first, uh, I mean, from a research perspective, you know, uh, I would say that, you know, a company which also has stores, we have a 70% e-commerce revenue penetration. That's big for a brand or a group of brands of our size for a company of this size. So that the results speak for themselves that we have been hyper-focused hyper on making sure we meet the customer where they are. And within digital also, there are different digital, not only just means e-commerce, it also means omni, it also means digital, it also means providing uh, different paths and channels to the, to the customers to shop from. And it also means you know how do we continuously improvise our digital experience and primarily e-commerce of course uh, from across all of our websites how do we provide cross brand uh, shopping experiences how do we allow customers to digitally design their homes online and through our designers so it's like the whole uh, i would say the range uh, horizon of all the things that are needed to provide um, some excellent digital touch points to the customers and engagement points to the customers um, primarily, I can say, you know, things like in the very recent past and, and in the future, what we are planning is like big and have done is like a big um, re-platform, for example, uh, of our e-commerce uh, stack, right? So now we have built, we're building and already finishing uh, um, a global multi-tenant platform, which uh, we already had a modern e-commerce platform. Now we are building on top of not just microservices, but micro frontends, which would allow us to have more nimble, small, modular services that the first thing it does, it, it allows you to have a faster go-to-market. Now you're not dealing with a larger code. And that, uh, that platform serves across all of our brands. And now it's going to serve all of our global needs as well. So that itself brings um, the cost of ownership and time to market for testing out and rolling out features much faster. So that gives us that competitive edge. And, you know, with, with seven brands, it it inherently gives us uh, this, uh, I would say, we're like a crucible of innovation and testing because we can test uh, in a safe harbor approach, uh, certain ideas, thoughts, or features on one of brand and, and you know, give it a soak time, understand the customer's signals and based on that curate what we put it for the first brand and then try to roll it out to other brands. So it allows us to do that kind of experimentation, which is uniquely available with our family of brands. So, um, you know, that, and then, you know, e-commerce, um, like you would say, uh, you know, for design, uh, design experiences, which we are building, we have Outward as a company, which we acquired, that's a core forte is about 3D visualization and providing photorealistic images of our assets. And now we have converted all of our uh, imagery, all of our assets into that format, which has allowed us to give us this foundation. Based on that, now we are, we've created experience, immersive experiences in the form of room planner, which a tool which we have given to our associates, our great designers, uh, that goes to the first part of the in-house design and the focus on that. 
And then there is a bridge with having the same room planners uh, available to the customers online. And what it does, it allows you to, you know, in a, in a space in your room, in the entire house, you can design and, brack, uh, and drop furnitures from um, different brands. It's a cross-brand tool. And it allows you to design your home, your room to the point where the customer is comfortable doing it. And where the point where they need expert help, that's where our in-house design crew comes in and they kick in, they help the customer. And at that time they help with the design and the tool outside the tool and try to complete the journey of uh, home designing for our customers. So that's, um, I mean, that's some of the aspects of, uh, I would say, uh, d digital first strategy. And again, it is also based on, if you, if you will, uh, great storytelling, curation of the content, uh, relevant content. And, you know, it is all powered by all the technical changes and improvements which we have made, whether it's search engine, whether it's recommendations engine. And one thing it would, it would be worth mentioning that we were so focused and hyper-focused have been on customer experience and to innovate with the customers that instead of using uh, off-the-shelf testing and experimentation tools, we went in and built our own um, you know, experimentation tool, uh, a platform which we call Test Kitchen. Um, the name goes with the brand. And with this, uh, we test, uh, we can run at any given time capable of running hundreds of tests across the brands. And that gives us this I would say micro control on trying and testing features for the customers. And it has been a big revenue generator for us from, a, from an e-commerce and digital revenue perspective. Fascinating. And it really seems to tie with what you've described as your mission of building a world of possibilities for our business and our customers. I'm hearing you talk about putting the necessary ingredients in place to facilitate this um, in, in the channel uh, that the customer chooses or even the employee, uh, your colleague chooses as well. Is that is that a fair connection to make? Oh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's the, the sort of a simple, but very, I would say, open ended um, um, goal or mission I put for my team is to build a world of possibilities for our business and our customers. And, you know, if it could it could change, it could bring in newer and newer things and innovation every month, every week, every year. And that's what we have been heads down focused on since I've been on this journey with William Sonoma for three years. So yes, uh, I think it's, it's really, really been um, like putting that mission into real work and providing different opportunities, different channels to to shop even in this during this COVID times, you know, the curbside pickup, pick up the optimization of our buy online pickup and store, but at the same time scaling to buy uh, buy online and ship to store and ship from store and ship from store is like literally converting your stores as like um, fulfillment hubs as part of your supply chain network, not an easy operational task to do. And, you know, our operational teams and technology teams came together and built that solution. And there's a lot more to go in that space. But, you know, we're trying to look at possibilities, every possible place. And we are very, in a very, um, I would say, hyper-focused manner, looking at the entire customer journey and the e-commerce funnel and, and micro segments trying to experiment and test, remove the friction for the customer and provide them better choices and options so they can come and shop with us. That's really, what a great overview that is. I want to just... Uh, uh... A tie a loose end that you uh, that you offered a little bit earlier in terms of the the sanctity of in-house design and the role that uh, technology and digital plays in, in bringing that to life as well. Can you just go into a little bit more depth into the vision there, please? Oh yeah, sure. I think this is that is one of the such a big strength and 
um, any discussion would, would not be complete if we don't talk about our in-house design. So as you know, um, in the, the company's mission, it's like we are largest digital first design-led and sustainable home retailer. It's all compacted together in this in-house design experience. So one is uh, it starts with how do we design our products compared to many other marketplaces which are also selling home furnishing items. They are, uh, uh, they are procuring those items, they're sourcing those items from different vendors across the world, uh, but they do not own the design of those products. That is a big differentiator for Williams-Sonoma. We have resident uh, here in, in, in United States at our home, uh, very high quality, very high performing, passionate, inspirational designers who are working on every brand, who are working on every season. So we own, we design everything, and then we work with either our in-house uh, manufacturing uh, locations, which we have here in US. So we make in America, and then we also go to our partners wherever we need to get the quality, you know, diversity of design uh, manufacturing, but we own that journey into and we design it. We have very good, um, you know, quality checks. We have a big sourcing team, uh, a vertically integrated supply chain that works across the globe and makes sure that the quality, the, the values of that product, more importantly, I think it's very important to call out uh, you know, how we differentiate with others that with this in-house design feeling, we're not only just looking for the look and feel of the product, but we are looking for the quality of the product. What is it made of? What kind of cotton has been used? What kind of uh, foam has been used? What kind of wood has been used? What kind of colors have been used? So like, you know, certified green products in even to the point that we also validate and check that our when you know partners or vendors are um, treating uh, their workforce in an equity manner and not mistreating them. So we do not work with companies and vendors where we find that there is a mistreatment of their labor and their people. So it's like a holistic quality control of values through our in-house design. So it gives us control on our in-house design. Um, and then we also have tools like I was sharing our outwards room planner that allows you to design. So one is what we design um, uh, by our designers at home. Then once that is available and then we put it on our websites and our stores, uh, how do we enable designing through our designers that are sitting in our stores in different locations who are experts in designing homes using the products which were designed by our in-house designer. So like a whole ecosystem which we have stitched together, which is so unique in the industry. And I don't think there is a company that could claim that they have such a deep uh, ownership of the design, freshness of the design, and then the quality of the design. Very interesting. I appreciate that over, overview, uh, Yasser. I, one of the things that's very interesting also is uh, the cultural change that you've led. Um, the, the, the team you're leading now is different from the team that you you found when you joined the company more than three years ago. Talk a bit about that change and uh, what was necessary to upgrade um, in order to breathe life into this, this broader mission that you've described. Yeah, I think the key, as you know, um, uh, I would say the transformation which we have gone through so far uh, was based on two basic pillars. Uh, if you zoom out and look at a high level, one was um, migrating from a culture of managers managing managers to a culture of experts leading experts. Then number two is a culture that is, or a shift, cultural shift rather from output to over out, like uh, or to outcome. So instead of uh, you know people focusing on output, how do you focus on the results, on the outcome, and then experts leading? It's so important because 
when you have experts leading experts type of culture at every layer in your organization, be it senior leaders, VPs, SVPs, all of those people, that becomes a culture of value added. How do you add value and not just be a pass-through in the chain? So the, the quality of the product that comes out with all those people who are incentivized and motivated to perform in that particular manner brings up the overall product, cost of ownership, efficiencies, operating margins, all those things sort of bubble up, uh, or I would say they get reinforced uh, when you have that culture. That's the like a big cultural thing at a very high level. Now that requires so many other constructs to happen. It's acquisition of talent. It's also investing in the existing talent and raising the bar on them. Uh, again, when, when we say experts meeting experts, since my team is primarily in digital and technology, it was about how do we make uh, you know one of the best retail technology team. And I think I've, I feel proud that you know the transition from a retail company as as, as traditionally we were to a we have already migrated into a phase of retail tech. Means now we are a hybrid which is so focused and our business is completely running on the rails of technology from a concept where technology was a support function as it still exists for many companies. So we're into this retail tech journey now from a retail, typical retail. And our goal in the next few years is to go to tech retail where you know tech even more front loads uh, the business propulsion and growth. That's a very compelling uh, overview. Appreciate that. Um, I also wanted to, to ask you about the ways in which you found synergies across the business. In the very first response uh, to, to my first question about that overview of your business and the many brands that are a part of it, historically, the, the brands, if I recall correctly, have been allowed to um, do a lot of things independently. And no doubt there's still some aspects in which they do, but you're also finding greater levels of synergy uh, across the broader business, if I understand correctly. Talk a bit That's about that, true. if you would. Yeah, that's true, and I think we we do um, we do respect um, the sanctity of the brands and what particular niche they support or where which niches they are growing into, right? So if you look at we are a lifestyle uh, family of brands, we have pottery barn kids and teen. They cater to the kids and the teen and the intersection of that. Uh, then we have Vestel, which is very heavily millennial focused brand or millennial thinking type of people are focused on that. Then we have got a larger Pottery Barn brand. Then we got a West uh, William Cinema Home. So if you look at it, uh, these brands are serving different facets or the you know parts of the entire lifestyle. And uh, I think each of them provide a unique value to complete that picture for a family, for a household, because at some point you're, you, you have a newly born and you need a registry and you need to buy a crib. A, uh, you know, a safe crib for your kid and that crib, kid grows into a toddler and then becomes a teenager and all that. So, you know, we, we cater to all of that. So that brings this diversity and it's also a challenge at the same time. How do you make sure that all these brands are also working in cohesion uh, to keep the, the spirit of this serving the lifestyles together? So we do allow this, uh, I would say, uh, this, um, this independence of design thinking and, and what they do. And we reinforce that thinking by doing certain things in a centralized manner. For example, our stores team, even though you know every brand you go to store and you will see some differences uh, which are needed based on the merchandise, based on the, based on the brand you're going in. But our stores um, team is a centralized team, which works across all the brand store operations. Uh, our care center team is centralized because we learn so much from each other, each of the brands and improve one brand from the other, right? So it's like so much learning within the family. And then our supply chain is 
amazingly vertically integrated supply chain. And again, besides efficiencies, which is like a no brainer, but it brings in so much value there. And then, you know, coming to, to my function, which is technology and digital, we are also serving all of the brands uh, in a very, very, you know, integrated centralized way. And one example is I was sharing that, you know, uh, if you have brands which are running on different platforms, different versions, there's a ton of cost. And then going, you've tested something great in one brand, you can't go live in another brand because there are so much nuances. So if you look at our technology stack, uh, so to say, 85%, up to at least 85% of our technology stack is common for all the brands. Now we are also going global with that. So the capabilities which I'm going to build, once I can use it across all the brands, uh, a learning which I can get that, you know, a particular feature and a test is not working for a brand. I may test with a couple of other brands of different nature and make sure that, uh, you know, is it going to sort of sync with one brand family or not, or it is not going to work across, right? So I think there is so much things. We have a loyalty program. Our uh, key loyalty program is across the brand. Our outward uh, design tool is across the brand. So there are so many things. It's like the whole ecosystem. We're keeping it together in the right medium that not that doesn't, stop the brands to grow on their own and, and keep expressing their character of the design. But we are actually, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a helpful support system through these vertically integrated uh, services and departments. Yeah, it's very interesting. I, I, I love that description and, and almost counterintuitive relative to how so many others run their businesses. But you describe, of course, the great advantages for that, uh, for, for going against the grain and being more, more independent minded as a collective uh, really interesting. I, I wanted to talk a bit further about the impact of COVID. Uh, you talked about the the dramatic ramping up, generally speaking, of your organization towards e-commerce and digital platforms and making for a compelling experience digitally, just as you do in your stores themselves. Um, talk a bit about what the, some of the lessons uh, and and some of the maybe even silver linings of the past year. No one would have wished this upon anyone, of course, on, on all of us, this is grand experiment we've been going through. But um, it strikes me that you've done a number of things. In fact, you did a num number of things without, of course, knowing that this was what was going to befall us that have uh, paid great dividends for the organization by way of resilience, but also uh, even growth during the, 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 uh, the trying yeah. times of the pandemic. Indeed. Yeah, it's a, it's a unique situation for all of us, right? Um, and as, as they say, it's like everybody is uh, going through the same storm, but on different types of ships, right? So we're all going through it. It's just like how, um, how we looked at it and how we approached towards this headwind. And it was a very big unknown for everyone in the beginning. If you talk about the same time last year, it was a very big unknown of what is going to happen, right? And I think in those unknowns, uh, certain values really work well, no matter what the time is, right? One is the belief having a positive belief of things, then uh, I think the, the, the pillars on which I was focusing with my teams was, uh, you know, focus, empathy, right? And, make, and, and agility. Uh, on top of it was this belief of optimism. So right, with these four pillars, we operated, we held each other together, even through Zooms, right? Virtually and made sure that, you know, we have this empathy and understanding of how things are going. So that I think culturally that helped us uh, great. We entered COVID, like pre-COVID, we were already having a deep penetration for e-commerce, which is 58%. Now that itself tells you that how prepared we were in terms of taking a lot more eyeballs to our websites and let them shop. 
which was not true for many other companies because their penetration and readiness operational. Um, one is the taking the demand, uh, Peter, but one is also serving, doing the customer service, supply chain fulfillment. And as I shared with you, our uh, vertically integrated supply chain that we had that strength, global supply chain available. But our websites were ready. We didn't have to do much to kind of let uh, like the peaks which we used to have, um, uh, you know, every year that was happening throughout the COVID. So we were operating literally in a peak mode. And the teams were ready, the infrastructure was ready, the websites were ready, the supply chain fulfillment operational teams were ready. So I think that that belief that working and the readiness investment in technology, having a technology stack, which I talked and shared about all those sort of, I would say levers available to you to turn on knobs to be turned on, turned down, turned up the flexibility and nimbleness of our platform definitely helped us a lot. And, you know, like others, we also were faced with supply chain uh, challenges during the COVID as you know, the delays in shipments, um, even locally on the, in domestically, the price of shipments and all that. And I'm so proud of, uh, you know, our William Sonoma teams, the leadership and technology team that we partnered with the operations team and we provided world of possibilities here again, like as an example, where we were able to quickly build solutions to integrate with um, other alternate providers, local uh, providers for um, you know, last mile delivery. And that allowed us to keep delivering and shipping a lot more goods and a lot more valuables to our customers compared to many other things. So we definitely got a good market share uh, to the COVID uh, by natural ramp up of the e-commerce shopping, but also uh, taking the market share of the people who could not sustain and deliver and were not ready for that. And I think that trend continues. Now, I would say, like it's my personal point of view that with this newfound love of home, uh, people have done, right? Some people did not even know what to live in home for three months mean, right? And what would they need to live uh, at peace at that thing? So, right, so it's whether it's furniture, whether it's our, you know, kitchen, William Sonoma brand, right? Cooking uh, and cooking is not something like, uh, you know, I would say that, you know, once you fall in love in cooking, and doing things that you would just abandon it after like a switch is turned on, right? So these things are going to continue. Some of these habits are going to continue. And we were able to perform uh, when our stores, like any other place, because they were shut down for a period of time, then we kept, and now our stores are coming back, showing positive comps. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a win-win situation at this time. And we feel very confident as a William Sonoma total leadership team. Uh, that you know we have we have got all the ingredients for building the greatest recipe for home furnishing market. Well, it's a remarkable story indeed, and and one of, of resilience and and uh, an ability to take advantage of the 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 many seeds you planted prior to this crisis that have paid off to, tremendously during it. Uh, it's very inspiring. I wanted to also just circle back and ask you a bit about trends um, as you look to the future now, Yasser. You know, an uncertain one, certainly. We don't know exactly when the current crisis will end, when some modicum of normalcy will return, even what form that will take, how normal will the normal be. But nevertheless, as you think about trends going forward, um, what are some that particularly excite you? I think um, I'm always passionate about data. Um, and it's just, it's like information I can't. Con I consider it like business currency if you really use it well. If you do not know how to use it well, it could be a waste, it could even hurt you. So I'm, I've been very passionate about data practices and here at Williams-Sonoma, even like, and again, this was in, in like for the past three years and stuff, we have brought in uh, heightened focus on data and use of data. 
And I, I do not like to use the word, um, you know, data lakes because, you know, the lakes inherently have, have stagnated water and that doesn't, is not fresh. So I would rather use the word data factory. And we focused on building a very strong data factory, integrating data from different points for such kind of a large global operation. It's tough to stitch things where data is not only created in your own uh, sort of a backyard, but it is also created outside through the third-party vendors, manufacturers, and you know, how do you stitch it all together? So that's the foundation of it. But I am really passionate about how do you put the machine learning and artificial intelligence to work? In in absence of commoditization and a scale of machine learning, you always had to build big data, and then you would figure out in the next five years which part of the data was useful. Now with AI and ML, you can start with hypothesis in AI ML world, and then you can curate data needed to feed those AI ML models, and then keep incrementally building your data. So I think that has given so much flexibility and from an architecture and feasibility perspective that you could apply things and you start with AIML, you start with the outcome. I want to do X, Y, and Z, and it's gonna change my business this way. And you start, you can start and, you know, and then you set up data, whatever the minimal set of data is needed and run your algorithms, run your models, and their models themselves will tell you to get accurate, to get better, to get better predictions, they need this much more, more data, whether it's, uh, duration of data, volume of data, size of data, or also dimensions of data. So we, we, have, we can quickly learn and do it. So we, I'm very, I think that as you know, AI ML is not just about my business and here, it's just in the world, it's revolutionizing, whether it's medical science, whether it's you know, um, hospitality, no, no matter what you talk about, it's there. So I think that is a very strong trend that is coming and is already happening. And our goal at William Sonoma is also to not to miss any relevant trend from a AI ML perspective and use it. Now, 3D visualization is an important aspect, right? And you know, the world has been focusing in the past six, seven years on, I would say, you know, the AR and VR experiences in the application, while the key construct of it is to be able to have as many assets you have of your products converted to a 3D format so you can show them in that format. So I'm so glad that we focus on that part. And we, we acquired a company, which is, you know, it's an, it's an IP, it's a patented technology we have got, which is again, powered by AI and ML that allows you to extrapolate one design into 27 or hundred or thousands of design through use of AI ML. And we can convert photorealistic images of like millions of those at scale in a self-serve model. So I think that itself uh, is another trend which we caught nicely and we're doing so data, AI ML, and then uh, 3D visualization, 3D photography, that that aspect, I think is coming. And then mobile, right? As you know, mobile IoT, it's like everybody's on the mobile device. How do you make sure you're providing best of your experiences on the mobile devices? And that has also been our focus, but you know, all of these things need continuous investment. You cannot say I'm done with year one project or year two project and you feel good about it. You should never feel good about it. You should always have this hunger of keep trying and testing and learning. Well, yeah, yes, sir, Anwar, thank you so much for an extraordinary conversation detailing the work that you and your team have done across multiple years now, uh, the benefits you are reaping for that investment, uh, your vision for the future, quite a compelling one, and a, a taste of, of what's to come for, for all of us as consumers of, of, uh, of retail, uh, at least in the vision that you have at Williams-Sonoma. It's been a very compelling conversation. No, thank you. Um, and, you know, thanks to my team, honestly, and my, my, all my peers and my CEO and everyone the, with the belief in, 
in the mission and supporting that mission with that we have come so long ways and i think we have long ways to go and you know um just i get excited more and more every day and looking at all the things that are coming down the pipe and pipe and and the team i've got so proud of all of that and thanks for the great chat